You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode 178. Talk about genuine connections with Becca Poutney. Becca Poutney is the UK's leading wedding industry marketing expert. Using her experience from owning her own wedding business, combined with her previous career in media, Becca now teaches business owners how to go from feeling invisible to totally irresistible and fully booked in their wedding business in her clear, down-to-earth, practical style. Becca is no stranger to the events industry, having built an award-winning wedding blog and consultancy business from the ground up in 2016. Becca is known for transforming the fortunes of businesses within the highly competitive wedding and events sector and has worked with over 1,000 businesses through her courses, membership, and speaking. Becca's mission is to inspire wedding professionals that it is possible to turn their passion into a profitable business doing what they love. And Becca is here today with me to talk about genuine connections. Guys, it's 2023. We've got to get past the superficial and get into the real nitty gritty with each other. Becca is going to tell us how. Grab your coffee, grab your tea. Let's talk it out with Becca and me. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, biz chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It is me, your girl, your host, Renee Dallow. I'm really caffeinated, you guys. This is like my fourth uh, recording of the day, so it's just like, it's just Arnold Palmer's and a dream at this point. (laughs) Today, I am joined by the lovely and fabulous Becca Poutney. Becca, how are you? I'm good. You're talking about being caffeinated. It is 11 p.m. right now in the UK. I know. I was gonna. I was wondering if you were gonna bring it up. So you had to get caffeinated to join me. Yeah, I have my cup of tea, my very British cup of tea, with it's me right so now. British of you. So I'm, a, I'm very awake and ready for this conversation for your listeners. Oh my god, I'm excited. It's very rare that we have guests from out of the country, um, and so I'm so pleased that you're here. Thank you for staying up till 11 p.m. to chat with me. It's an absolute pleasure. What else would I be doing? Ah, sleeping, ideally. Yeah, but... exactly. <laughs> Well, this is a perfect segue to our topic today, which is it's all about who you know, and you and I know each other because I've been a guest on your podcast. We haven't had the chance to meet in person yet. Not yet, but I'm hoping that's coming this year, maybe in Vegas. (gasps) What? I would yeah, be, we'll take- if you came to Vegas to hang out, oh my God, I'd be so excited. Well, Listen. here's a little secret for you. My flights to Vegas this November are already booked. No way. Oh my God, I just got so excited. <laughs> so we can hang out in real life. Oh my God, you guys, this, if this is not reason to come to Wedding MBA, I don't even, even know what to tell about. I don't even know what to tell you guys come to Wedding MBA, like just do it. Oh my God. I'm so I'm like, no, I can't focus on the topic. I love it. Well, no, this is the topic because. I've been doing this show for a couple of years now, and we have talked about relationships and networking and blah, blah, blah for years, right? Yet, I still have coaching clients come to me. I still, you know, lead groups of wedding pros that are just like, I don't know, how do I get more, but I just, I feel like I'm doing everything. And I'm like, well, are you leaving your house and going places? And they're like, no. And like, we're still talking about it because it's still super relevant, I think, especially in this I guess, post-pandemic world where we're all just being brave and going back out despite, despite COVID, right? 
Absolutely. It is the most underrated form of marketing that there is. And I call it a form of marketing because it is marketing for your business. You're going out there and you're talking about your business and it costs almost nothing. So why are we not doing this more in the wedding industry? Is it because of fear, do you think? I think fear plays a big part of it. I think confidence, lack of confidence plays a big part in it as well. And I think sometimes mm -hmm. as well, the way you were brought up. So for me, this oh. topic resonates with me because I was brought up, my dad was an entrepreneur and I find a lot of entrepreneurs have parents who were entrepreneurial as well. But from a very young age, he taught me life was about who I knew more than what I knew. And that is a mantra that I've lived my life by since a child. And I just don't feel like enough people are doing the same thing. And yet it's so, so simple. It's yes, 100% uh, yes. And, you know, I live in Los Angeles um, and my husband works in, in the TV industry. And I can very confidently tell you that like almost every TV show you love uh, has people on it together because they went to school together or they in some other capacity have something else in common. They all know each other because when you're doing something major like a TV show, you want the confidence and also the safety of no working with people that you deeply know. And it's the same thing, I think, for weddings, because it's, I mean, essentially, it's the same thing, right? It's a major production. It's a lot of money. It's very expensive with high, a really high expectation attached to the event itself, right? You want the best people around you. Same for a wedding. Yeah, and that's so interesting because my background is actually in television as well. So that's where I also cut my teeth before I went into the wedding industry oh, in funny. television. And there you really learn that it's who you know, not what you know. So my first job in TV. So I told everyone I'm going to work in television. And everyone said to me, no, you're not. It's really hard to get a job in television. And I'm like, well, it's all about who you know, not what you know. And so I just started finding programs I liked on TV, looking at the names on the credits and reaching out to them, sending them emails and being like, hey, can I come work on your show? And I had a hundred no's. And this is really important for people to remember. I had a hundred no's, but I had one yes. One person yes. said yes. And that's how I got my first job in TV. And like you said, I moved from TV contract to TV contract with my friends because that's how it worked. And when I came into the wedding industry, I'm like, why are we not seeing this in exactly the same way? We're so yeah. scared of getting one no from a venue, from a supplier, from a wedding planner. And then we go and hide away in a little shell. But actually, we might need to get 100 no's to get the one yes that's going to totally transform our wedding business. Yes. So let's dive into a little bit of the confidence thing, right? Because what you just said takes a tremendous amount of confidence. And I feel like you are a very confident person. I'm a very confident person. I definitely created myself to be a confident person. I was not, I was not like this all you know, my whole life. What do you think for someone listening who's like, I could never send a hundred emails and get all those rejections? Like you could, they couldn't even hold on to get that one. Yes. I think it's a tough one, but I think we have to remember what's the worst thing that's going to happen. Okay. I am a confident person, but I also struggle with anxiety. And one of the ways that I deal with that is by trying to work through, well, what's the absolute worst thing that can happen? So when it comes to, for example, reaching out to a venue, okay, what's the absolute worst thing that can happen? They could reply and say no, or they could just ignore you, but you're not actually any further back than you were before you sent the email. And actually there's also the 
possibility that they could say yes. So I think if you're worried about doing something, reaching out to someone, going to an event, and we can talk more about in-person events in a moment, then think about, okay, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? Is it going to put me any further back? No. But could it possibly open me up to another opportunity? Yes. And I'm also a big believer in everything happens for a reason. So sometimes yeah. you have to get some no's so that you can find the right door to open. Yeah. And I think a lot of times our perceived fear of something is far worse than the actual reality. So like for an in-person event, you know, when I first started going to those in LA 10 years ago, 12 years ago, even I had a lot of fear because I was like, well, I'm not, I don't know these people. They don't know me. Uh, there was at the time, there was like a really pretty heavy click in LA of these, like, you know, back then, like I, th I thought, oh my God, they know everything. They're gorgeous. They're rich. They're put together. Like they're like, the, they look like Barbie dolls. They were like the golden crew. Right. And I really had some high school level thinking where I was like, there's no way they're going to talk to me. I'm going to be the fat kid in the corner. But you know what? I put on my outfit and I went anyway. And none of that happened. I mean, were they the nicest people in the world? No, but they certainly didn't look at me and go like, you can't sit with us. Like that doesn't actually happen in real life. <laughs> I don't think. No. And if it does, you're hanging out in the wrong places because all right. the events I go to in the wedding industry, people are so friendly. And it's a bit like Instagram where we think everyone has it all together, but the reality is different. And it's the same when you walk into a networking event to a conference, everybody else yeah. is feeling the same. Everybody wants yes. someone else to talk to. And I have a couple of little tips for if you're oh, going yeah, into me. a room like that, where you don't know anyone. So one of my tips is to hang out wherever they're serving the refreshments whether it's a bar, whether it's a tea and coffee station. If you're here in the UK, it's always a cup of tea. Go spend some time there, hovering around, slowly getting yourself a drink, because what you'll find is someone else will come over to do the same thing, and you've instantly got something to talk about because you're talking about getting the drink. And instead of having to walk up and interrupt someone's conversation, you've got someone there that you can open a conversation with. And often they're in the same boat, which is why they're also hanging around the tea and coffee stations. So that's one of my yes. tips is go straight to there. Don't feel like you've got to try and infiltrate a conversation that's already happening. The other thing that I often get people to do if they're coming to an event that I'm running is I say to them, reach out to me as the event organizer and say, I'm coming alone. Can you find someone to introduce me to? And I always will. So if you go to the event organizer or the person on the door at the event and say, I've come on my own. I'd like to talk to some people. Is there somebody you can introduce me to? Then that's a really powerful introduction too. I love this so much, especially if you're going to an organization. So like when I was president of WIPA, that was one of the things that we actively did with our board. We would say, okay, on this event, who from the board is going to stand at the door? Who from the board is going to be the connector? You know, I used to call it like the swizzle stick. Who's from like, as if they could just mingle, you know what I mean? Like who from the board wants to hang out by the food or whatever it was, because we just wanted everyone to feel supported. But reaching out ahead of time is so powerful. It's a tiny, tiny bit of vulnerability, but it brings such dividends if you can just make yourself send the brief email. I mean, I can't imagine any organizer being like, no, I don't want to help you. Yeah. And again, if it. they are, they're probably the wrong event. So you need to yeah. find an event, which is super <laughs> welcoming and the organizer wants you to be there. And the other thing you can do is try and connect with people online before the event. So yes. for example, if you see an advert for the event, maybe you can see that people are liking the event. Maybe some people have commented underneath it saying, oh, I'm so excited to come or can't wait to be there. Well, then you know that they're going to be at the event too. Maybe reach out to them, say, hey, I'm coming to the event. It would be great to chat to you on the day. And then you've got someone to look out for. But what I would encourage you to do where possible is to try and go to these things on your own. 
because if you do go with a partner or a safety blanket of a friend, it's really easy to stay talking to that person. And then you don't actually get the business benefit out of that event because you've just spent the whole evening with your friend rather than going out there. If you turn up on your own, you have to find other people to talk to. And that's when it becomes really powerful. I second that. I used to run pretty deep uh, pre-pandemic with a pretty strong crew of people that we would go to everything together. And I used to feel very like powerful and confident walking in together. But then I realized through feedback from others that they felt like we were uh, as a, as a group, as a little group, sort of an, un you know, you couldn't get in, you couldn't, that we were just like a force and, you, and, oh my God, you're with your crew and we couldn't get in. And I thought, oh, that wasn't, that was the opposite of what we were trying to do. <laughs> you know, like we were trying to walk in and be approachable and open and meet people. And unfortunately it was the opposite. And I found that since I started going alone or either just with like my associate planner, that it, I'm more, I'm more open to talk to other people because I'm, I'm more available, I guess is the thing. Even as a speaker, when I go places and I'm the featured speaker, I love talking to people. And so I feel like you have to leave yourself both physically and energetically open to that. Yeah, definitely. You have to be open to the conversation. And that means you have to be open to speaking to everybody as well. It's really easy for us, as much as we say we don't, to judge other people in a room or in a space or online and think, oh, yeah. they're not the person to talk to. They're new in the industry. They don't seem like they've got much weight. They don't seem like they're going to be helpful to me. Maybe they do the same thing as me. And if we shut people down, we might be making the biggest mistake and missing out on the biggest opportunity in the room. And again, this is something I learned in television. Everybody starts at the bottom in television, but within a couple of years, those people are rising to the top. And if you don't give people at the bottom a chance, you're going to regret it when they get to the top. And that is the same in a room of networking. There might be someone who's brand new to the industry, but soon they might be the most celebrated of their profession in your area. And you don't want to get a bad reputation with them from the off because you weren't willing to speak to them. And and that's the same with people who do the same thing as you. Okay, it's really hard when you're a photographer and you walk into a room and there's other photographers not to see them as your competition. But actually, they can be your biggest ally and you should be talking to them because they understand the industry exactly how you do. And you can help each other out. You can pass each other work and they're not your competition. There's absolutely enough work to go around for everybody. I agree. That has been the biggest shift that I've seen in the, the decade that I've been in business. Yeah, it's, you, it's huge. You, you should be working with other people. I mean, in my network, some of the people who have the best relationships are people who do the same thing. And I watch them pass each other work, help each other out. And I have this saying that I say, um, it's a famous quote where it's a rising tide raises all ships. And if we mm -hmm. all work together and we all do better, then everyone around us does better too. So it's not a matter of I'm in competition with you. Therefore, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to share my secrets. I'm going to be closed down. It's actually, it goes back to that same thing, a little bit of vulnerability a little bit of openness and everybody gets better yeah i i can't agree with you more i mean i think the rising tide society i don't know do you have rising tide in the uk no what is that rising tide it used to be called the rising tide society now it's just called rising tide it's actually a division of Honeybook now it didn't start that way it started as a networking group um it's been around it's been around for years i mean maybe eight years now i think i i was one of the first um, leaders in Los Angeles um, to like start holding monthly networking meetings. Um, but it's, it's really popular in the States. It's just called, and it's based on that quote, a rising tide lifts all boats, rising tide and Natalie Frank and all the, all the folks at Honeybook have really done a good job of normalizing that and making that sort of normal now. And I feel like at least in the States, especially in, in the California market where I am, 
I think if, if we encounter someone who does still view other planners or other, you know, other same vendors as, you know, competition, I think we all sort of say like, oh, how sad for them now. Like we, it's certainly not normal for people to consider themselves competition to each other. Cause it's like you said, only, only if you're walking our shoes, do you know how to do this job? Do you know how it feels? And so I'd much rather commiserate with a fellow planner about something than have to explain myself to someone who has no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yes, exactly. And we're all facing the same struggles. But that brings me on to another thing that I see. And it's really a big mistake when you're networking, which is pretending everything's great. So if you turn up to a networking event, if you're networking online, if you're talking to other people in the industry, and they ask you how things are going, and you say, everything's great, I'm fully booked, everything's amazing, then they feel really kind of like they don't want to talk to you because you're making them feel uncomfortable. They think you've got it all sorted. Whereas if you're a little bit vulnerable, again, if you say actually it's hard actually sometimes it's stressful actually I've had this difficult client I've got this problem that I don't know how to solve all of a sudden you kind of become on the same level and that's when you yeah. can have some depth to a networking relationship so if you truly want to build connections with other vendors other people in your area venues you need to be honest and open. Now, I don't mean you need to air everything that's going on in your life, but when it comes to your business, you don't need to pretend everything's rosy because actually when one of us is vulnerable and says, actually, this is really tough, often there's other people in the group that go, actually, I'm struggling with that as well. Maybe we can yes. talk over a coffee or work it out together. Well, and that's also how you open up a conversation. If someone says, Renee, how are you? And I say, I'm fabulous. What are they gonna say? Good for you? Great. Like. If you say, you know, I can't complain. I'm actually, I'm a little tired. Uh, then you go, oh, what have you been doing? What have you been up to? You know, it opens a conversation to admit tiny something. We're not saying be like, you know what? I'm bankrupt. Like, you, know, <laughs> you know, don't need to go quite there. But I agree with you, Becca. It's like, you kind of have to be human with each other. I know that's, it's so basic, but it's so hard sometimes because I think we live in this, still in this Instagram world where everyone wants to, you know, be filtered literally and figuratively and only say the best stuff, but that's not real. Yeah. And you have to be real in these situations if you want to make an impact. The other thing that I think is really important in these relationships as well is that you need to go in with an attitude of service. So I'm really big on this. You need to think about serving the person you're talking to rather than thinking about what they can do for you. So, for example, I hear vendors all the time saying, I want to work with more venues because I want the venues to recommend me. I know venues get a lot of couples. I want them to recommend me. Same with planners. I want to network with planners because then they'll recommend me. Now, when we're talking like that, all we're thinking about is ourselves. We're being a little bit selfish and we're thinking, well, if I can make a relationship with this person, they're going to give me work. Now, this just doesn't work because everybody's doing the same tactic and planners, I'm sure you know this, get inundated with people saying those things, venues are the same, and it just isn't really a great strategy. However, if you can shift your thinking and start thinking with an attitude of service, and instead of thinking, what can that planner do for me? What can this venue do for me? Start thinking, what could I do for them? And if you can find ways that you can serve them rather than asking them to serve you, you will stand out from the crowd and they are much more likely to be interested in building a relationship with you. I'll give you a really quick example of how this works. I have a great musician. He's one of my clients. He plays the saxophone and he is starting out in the industry a couple of years ago. And he says to me, I want to work with venues. 
So I say to him, great, get to some open days. So he just reaches out to the venues locally. And instead of saying, can you recommend me? He says, if you've got an event coming up, if you've got a wedding open day, I'll come along free of charge and I'll serenade all of your guests to give them a better evening. Well, every venue snapped him up on the offer. They all invited him along. He was at every single event in our region that year. And then as a result of him serving them, they wanted to help him back. And then they started putting him on their recommended list. Beautiful. That's a beautiful example. It's interesting because, you know, it's it literally just had me thinking. So I was at a holiday party in my industry, of course, and I don't want to say the service provider, but someone came up to me uh, pretty boldly. I was like actually sort of impressed by their moxie, but not what they said um, and sort of said, like, tell me what I have to do to get you to recommend me, basically, as the full the full opener. And I was like, oh, well. I'm Renee. And I put my hand out and he, he said, I know. And I said, and your name is? Because I was like, who is this person coming? And it was like very bold and very confident, but also sort of off-putting, right? Because I was like, well, I don't know you at all. And and I thought, you know, as you were just saying, I thought, you know, a, a better way that that could have gone, <laughs> perhaps he could have said hello. But then also like a good conversation starter, if you don't really know what to say, but you kind of want to talk business, it's like, hey, what are some things your clients are asking for in my service specialty that you've been hearing lately? You know, like if a stationer said that to me, I'd be like, oh, you know what's really interesting right now? Everyone's asking for like deckled edges, like that Bridgerton thing is real, you know, like that's a conversation. And then she, and then the stationer gets information from me, but it's not like, tell me what to do to get you to get you to refer me. I don't even know you, sir. What are we talking about? And like, there's... <laughs> There's a different way to flip that, you know? Yeah, and I always think of it a little bit like dating, right? If if you're dating, you can't just walk up to someone and be like, hey, this is what I do. This is who I am. Work with me. Date me. Right? You have to build a slight relationship with them. And so it's the same in person. You just can't walk up to someone. The worst thing for me is if someone just, I call them the business card thrower. Right, you're talking at an event and someone literally just marches over and Ugh, is like, hey, have yes. my card. This is what I do. And then walks off. And you're like, uh, uh, this isn't this isn't fun. Like, I'm just going to go put that in the recycle bin. So yeah. let's not do those strategies. Let's be human about it. Let's think of it as building a relationship, building a friendship and not looking for what we can get out of something. Because I find with relationships, it always comes back around. If you go into it expecting nothing, something always comes of it. And if it doesn't, well, they probably paid it forward to someone else. So I'm always offering contacts, helping people out with different bits of technology, saying I'll send people things because I know that that will come back around and one day they'll be like, oh yeah, Becca helped me out with that. Now I'm gonna help her out with something else. But we can't expect that. that to happen. We just have to wait and see and build a relationship. And sometimes it does. And it sounds so simple, but people just don't do it. So if you're listening to this, you actually need to take action and you think about who could you serve? Who do you want to work with and how could you serve them better? So if, if we're not throwing our business cards around, which obviously we're not, how do we get these like cocktail hour relationships to turn into business? Like, do you follow up? Do you have a system for that? Like, what's your next step there? Okay, so I heard a tip a few years ago at a networking event and I love it, which is as soon as you meet someone, find them on Instagram. Like, why are we doing business cards when we can just find them on Instagram right there and then and drop them a message. But in that message, say where you met them. So for example, me and Renee say we met for the first time wedding MBA cocktail hour. I would drop her a message afterwards and be like, hey, Renee, it was so good to meet you at the wedding MBA cocktail hour. 
and then whatever we discussed maybe i said i'd send her something etc however if then in a few months time i can't remember where i met you well, we can go back to that first message and it says, and I can always remember, ah, this is the time we met. This is what we talked about because I put it in my Instagram. So connect yes. with people. The other thing is I love a selfie. If you're confident at an event, like take selfies with the people while you're there together, if people are up for it, because you can both put them on your Instagram stories is good promotion all around for everyone. Everyone can share them. And again, it's a good reminder of who that person is, what they look like and that start of that relationship. I love that. I have to admit, I'm not the quickest person at like, take a selfie with me. But if someone wants one, I'll always be like, yes, of course. But I just sort of forget. <laughs> I sort of forget to do it. But that's an excellent reminder. Just go in for the selfie. Hey, can we take a quick photo? Love it. Yeah, And I'm always that person. And I'll say, let's get a photo so we can all share it on socials. It's great marketing because we all are told in the wedding industry all the time, you need to be visible. You need to it's do true. marketing. You need to be posting. Right. And you don't want to be posting while you're all having a conversation. However, right. right there and then let's get a selfie. Then we can all be more visible on each other's social media. You can grab the tags right there and then post it up and everyone's happy. And if you're really feeling excitable, go for a boomerang. Oh, I love it. I, I love, love a boomerang. boomerang. <laughs> this is my extrovert coming out. I'm like, especially with the champagne glass and props. Okay. Love it. Do you have any go-to icebreakers, Becca? If I want to break the ice with somebody, then I always go for a question strategy. Okay. Nobody likes hearing the other person talk in a conversation. They just are thinking about what they're going to say next. So if yeah. I want to chat to someone, I will just go up and ask them a question and then I'll ask them another couple of questions and I will say nothing about myself until they ask it back. Because in a conversation, it becomes uncomfortable for a while if you keep asking questions and they don't ask anything back. So they will start yeah. asking questions back and then it opens up. But if you want to be a good networker, you have to be a good listener. So you need to go up yeah. there and say, hey, how's things going with you? And then follow up with questions. What have you found hard in business this year? What's going well in business this year? Where's the biggest source of traffic for you in your wedding business this year? These are things that people like to talk about. And then it gives you a conversation starter that's not just, hey, I'm Becca and this is what I do because nobody is interested in that. Right. Like the elevator pitch is not really the move these days. It's kind of stale. No, I don't think we need to do an elevator pitch. I think an elevator pitch is great at the beginning of a live video when you're talking to someone out there. Yeah. But I think in a yeah. conversation, it's just awkward. It's the same thing again. Just imagine a social situation. I meet up with someone. I'm like, hey, I'm Becca. Today, I've been doing this. I've been doing that. And people will just look at you like you're crazy. So why do we think we're going to do that when we walk into a wedding networking event? We're not, we're yeah. going to ask questions. We're going to be genuinely interested in what that person has to say. We're going to ask some follow-up questions. And then when the time's right, they'll ask us some questions back and then we can have a deeper conversation. I like to ask sort of wackadoo questions sometimes. Like if I'm feeling really spicy or if, or if I'm feeling like, I don't really, sometimes I go to these networking things and I don't want to talk about like, what's your biggest revenue generating? I don't, ugh, I don't, ugh, okay. Like I'll, I'll answer it, I guess. But like, sometimes I get real cheeky about it and I'm like, do you guys believe in ghosts? Everyone has a story about that. Like everybody. Yeah. Or sometimes I say like, what's the best meal you've had recently? Like, what, what's the best restaurant you've been to? Or like, have you tried any new cocktails? Or sometimes I'll just say like, is anyone watch, binge watching any good TV shows? Like give me some TV recommendations. Cause I think we can like learn a lot about each other from like those sort of not super wackadoo, but sort of off putting questions that aren't so businessy. And of course, if someone doesn't want to answer them, it kind of 
reveals something to me as well if they're just like super serious business i'm like eh, okay i don't know like maybe well, we're, that... maybe we're not gonna be best friends you know and that's the thing as well. You have to be unapologetically yourself in these situations. And not everyone is a Renee, not everyone's a Becca. So you don't want to be something you're not. So for you, Renee, it's absolutely perfect for you to go and ask a spicy question or an unusual question because that's in your personality. Whereas for someone else, they might think the idea of doing that is just awful. And therefore they need to <laughs> hang around the cup of tea station and just say, oh, I'm just grabbing a coffee. Um, but you also need to be careful in these situations because you could forever be known as the woman in the corner that was talking about ghosts. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, I'm sure in some circles they're like, oh, that Renee, she's always going to ask you a weird question. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's sometimes better to have these things just like in your mind than to go in blank. Something else that I used to do when I networked a lot is like in the car on the way there, I would just give myself like two or three sort of talking points. And I would just decide that over the course of the evening, I'm just going to kind of talk about the same couple things with any new group of people. So like, I don't know, for, like, say, for instance, we had just had a wedding published in the knot, or we booked a new venue that I was super happy to, like, never worked there before, super happy to be there. Or, I don't know, I just got back from a venue visit or something. Then I would just talk about those three things to everyone, because no one's going to compare notes, be like, oh, did Renee tell you about she went to this new venue? But it's just, it makes me feel better to have something all ready to go to talk about. So I'm not just struggling for like to answer every individual question new, like a new, you know, talking Yeah, that's points, a great idea. Yeah. Take, take a talking point with you. You could write it on your hand and then you'll be the strange lady in the corner. That's looking at her hand all the time <laughs> when she's asking the question. Or you'll questions. be the rad lady in the corner who's always has something to say. <laughs> <laughs> exactly but yeah it's a good idea to be prepared to have a think about the kind of things you can talk about but often we prepare all these things and then actually once we start the conversation it goes in a totally different direction but it's good to have something so you know that your mind's not going to go blank i mean we've yeah. talked a lot as well about networking in person but of course you can do a lot of these things online these days as well it doesn't all have to be in person and i think yeah. when it comes to networking online well, this is when people really struggle because I don't know about you, people are in these Facebook communities and they're great places. They're on Instagram following all these great people, but they're silent. So they're not even got any talking points. They're just saying nothing. And again, if we walked into a room and just stood there quietly and watched everyone, we'd be the creepy one in the corner. But when we're Paper. online, we do this all of the time. So people are in Facebook communities and they say, I don't get anything out of that. And I'm like, that's because you don't say anything. You're just lurking in the background. Yes. Yes, I 100% agree. I also think like over the years, I have found um, Instagram a really generative place to make new relationships. Even though you're not like face to face, if someone is commenting and liking and following and DMing little things, responses to stories, just really engaging, well, you better believe I'm going to remember that business owner, the name, I'm going to go look at what they do and be like, oh, this person might align, even if they're not in my market. Like, I can think of a couple of beauty companies over the years who've just really like liked post. Oh, I like this lipstick color. Just like very casual, like cocktail conversation. And now I feel like I know them. I've never met them. If I'm ever in need of a beauty company in like Arizona, I know who I'm calling and there's power in that. And we, we don't think that there is, but there absolutely is. It's that repetition of the engagement. Yeah, it absolutely works. I always say to people, a little challenge is to think about 
if I say the word cake maker, who you think of, or if I say photographer, who's the first vendor that pops into your mind? You want to be that person for as many other people as possible. So for example, if you're a florist, when I say to someone, what florist do you recommend? You want to be the florist they recommend all the time. And showing up on Instagram puts you top of mind. If you're commenting on people's posts, if you're interacting, if you're posting, if you're replying to stories, that's one of my favorite things. If I want to get in front of someone or I want someone to start recognizing me, I'll just start sending some emotions like emoticons in reply mm -hmm. to their stories or answering their questions, filling out their yes. polls because people notice that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden they're like, who is this Becca that keeps showing up? And that's when yes. you can start reaching out. You just need to get curious. And I'll tell you, Becca, as you mentioned those service categories, I was like, Nicole, Julie, Tabitha. Like I had someone on the tip of my tongue. Do you have a baker? Yes, I have Nicole. Like 100%. And those are people in my market that I've worked with a lot and I know and love. But if you're listening and when Becca prompted those, if you had no one in your mind, then, th then I think you need to go out and meet more folks. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And the people who are good at networking, what I notice in my circles is I could ask 15 people locally that question and 10 of them will say the same name. And that's when I know that someone has been good at building connections and building relationships. Yes. It doesn't necessarily mean they are the most amazing person in the region at what they do. I'm sure they're amazing, but it means that they're really good at building connections and relationships. And again, people want to recommend people that they like. So they feel like they're doing a good thing by recommending someone locally that they know will do a good job is also their friend. Well, Becca, our time together is almost up, but I want to, I want to ask you this. If someone's listening and they're just like, oh, I'm struggling. I have not been out in such a long time to network. Like what's your tip for them to just like get involved? How do they start? Okay, so first up, I want you to grab a piece of paper and a pen, and I want you to write down three venues in your region or your area that you wish you could build a better relationship with. And I want you to write down the name of three vendors in your local area that you wish you could build a better relationship with. When we set ourselves some targets, it makes this a little bit easier. Then I also want you to start interacting with those people on social media, reaching out to them and thinking about that question, how could I serve them? So for example, if you have a blog page on your website, maybe you could invite them to do an interview on your blog page and reach out that way. Then the final thing I want you to do is if you want to be brave and go out in person is just start researching. Research what wedding events and industry events are going on in your area and also take a look at those venues and those suppliers, those vendors that we've talked about and see what well, are they going to be hanging out at any events and can I be in the same place as them because then I'm much more likely to be able to meet them and have a conversation. I love it. Y'all, if you haven't been out in a while, this is your call. This is the sign from the universe to get out of your office and go out into the world and meet new people or re-meet the people you haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We were all shut in our houses way too long during the pandemic. It's time to get That's out true. there. And as I always say, just meet up and go for a coffee. It doesn't need to be formal. Just reach out yes. to people and say, hey, let's just go grab a coffee. Let's go grab a drink. And if you want to really supercharge it, just come ha hang out with me and Renee in Las Vegas. Ah, come to Vegas. Becca, I love all of this so much. Where can people find you on the internet? Okay, so the best place to find me is probably Instagram at Becca Poutney. Uh, yeah, and I'm very open to DMs. I'm all about connections. That's what we've talked about. So reach out to me. Say, hey, I heard you on Renee's podcast. I'd love to connect. And let's see where the conversation takes us. But maybe don't do it at 11 p.m. at night because Becca is only up this late for us. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, although I have learned these days to put my phone on sleep mode. So if you want to message me at 11 p.m., I just won't get it till the next day. Oh, I love a boundary queen. I love it, love it, love it. Becca, thank you so much for being here and for giving us your time and your wisdom. Thank you for having me. Anytime, girl, anytime. We'll see each other in Vegas. Can't wait. Friends, thank you so much for joining us this week. I know that your time is the one thing you cannot make any more of. So I'm so grateful and always so honored that you spent it with us. We will see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now, friends. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast and connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram.